the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the Firekeepers Casino 400, which was a very cool race at Michigan International Speedway. Chat a bit of twists and turns to it. We're going to be making race picks for the upcoming race at Daytona, which we will actually be going to. We're going to get into that a bit Daytona. more. Daytona. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for race picks. And cause... we have a really cool Six Degrees of NASCAR episode this week. But I was just thinking about something. We really need to redo that intro. It's been a while. We should it probably while. update it. Your Our voices. Always uh, well, it's not really mine or mom's, but your voices uh, are, are constantly changing. Oh, well, yeah. the season's almost over, so let's do it um, for our third season, 2022. All right. Well, maybe that is something to do. Uh, you're right. We should probably change it because it is funny to hear you and then to hear you do the intro. You do sound a little different. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, we we have a lot to talk about. Um, and, and this is a prelude to a big weekend for us uh, because we get to go to Daytona. So but we'll talk about that in a second. The big race this weekend was the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan International Speedway. And this was a race that it was not only the second to last race before the playoffs began, but it was also a race for drivers who were trying to fight their way in. And because of that, there was a lot of like passing and close calls in this race. So Kyle Larson started on the pole and ran top three all day long. No surprise. And, yeah. And he ended up leading the most laps, 70 laps for 60 different times. For six, six different six times. different times, yeah, and, and you kind of watched it, especially midway through that race, and you're thinking, all right, Kyle Larson again, most dominant driver in the season, is on his way to another victory, but alas, this is why they run them all. Kyle Larson didn't actually win any stages. Stage one was won by Chase Elliott, who finished eighth in the race and led two times for 68 laps, the second most laps led in the entire race. Kyle Busch won stage two and finished seventh. He led three times for 13 laps. But the winner of the race ended up being Ryan, Ryan Blaney, Blaney, who, thanks to the choose rule, was able to make a late decision that gave him the chance to win the race. And he did, leading for eight laps one time. And because Blaney had already won this season, Kevin Harvick locked himself into the playoffs Due to the fact that they don't have a new winner. So, yeah, because Harvick had, is in. He had the points, and if it would have been another new winner, it would have, he would have, he would have been dangerously uh, close to uh, being on the outside looking in. But he is locked in. So that, that, that's pretty good. Well, you know, we talked, you know, you got, you gave a great overview of the race, but there were actually a couple of interesting storylines that happened. Johan. Why don't you describe for our listeners what happened at the end of stage two between Brad Keselowski and Austin Dillon? So basically, Austin Dillon, remember, we may have not talked about this, but he is a playoff driver. Brad Keselowski is. No, Austin Dillon. Well, Brad's already locked in. Yeah, but Dillon's a guy trying Austin to make Dillon's it. Austin Dillon's trying to get in. He's trying to get he's into like the He's like right playoffs. below the cutoff line. 
And then what happened, this is going to be big coming into Daytona. So he gets a side draft off of Brad, passes him, gets six for stage two. He goes up, thinks Brad's there. He's clear to go up. Brad turns him, and he crashed. He nearly flipped. So now it's a must-win situation to make the playoffs. All right, so so Brad and Austin get tangled up at the end of that stage, which is crazy because literally as the stage ended, they cross the start-finish line. Austin gets the position, like you said. He goes down the track. Brad goes with him. Then Austin decides he wants to go up. They get tangled up. So the question is, whose fault was it? I think it was a bit of both, but I would say if I had to pick one, it would probably be Austin. I think he was being a little bit too aggressive. While, yes, stage points are crucial into getting himself into the playoffs, I think he was a little bit too aggressive when he tried passing Brad. And I think rather than staying safe, than being sorry, he wanted those points so bad, he ended up getting himself taken out. And after seeing the clip over and over again, you could kind of tell that Austin Dillon kind of comes up a bit on Brad, and that's why Brad ended up clipping him. And that's even why Brad, afterwards, you heard him say, oh, come on, man, I didn't want to do that. Ah, Yeah, he it. definitely regretted it. He, nobody wants to be the guy uh, that takes another guy out that really uh, hinders his opportunity to go to the playoffs. So I, I know he definitely felt bad, and he talked about it on the radio, and I think even in social media and in during the uh, media interviews. So I didn't think it was anybody's fault, but I hear you, Giovanni. I think that um, Austin Dillon really wanted those points and he got the point. He finished, he got those playoff points or those stage points. Uh, But then afterwards, it's like, yeah, he was a little bit more aggressive than he should have. And um, I think it was, I don't think it was anybody's fault in the sense that, um, you know, they kind of got caught up, but Yes, when you're seeing the video afterwards, the replay, you see that Austin Dillon goes up a bit and Brad is in that general area. And so he, you know, because of the position of the car, he basically clips Austin Dillon and he ends up flipping. So, you know, it's like, again, I don't think it's anyone's fault, but, you know, Dillon really needs to get into, really wants to get into the playoffs. I think he didn't need to be so aggressive that it ended his day. Because he got the points, the stage points, but he didn't finish. Yeah, he he's competing with his teammate, Tyler Reddick, to try to get in. And I remember during the race, the ch- the crew chief for Tyler Reddick came over the radio and said, whatever you do, Ty- like, you got to finish the race. You can't take yourself out. Unfortunately, that's what happened to Austin. Um, let me just tell you, I, I honestly, I kind of disagree with both of you. Not a huge surprise. I actually think it was Brad's fault. And here's why. It was after they crossed the start-finish line. There was, like, no reason why Brad needed to follow Austin down and side-draft him after they passed the start-finish line. Like, I I think they were both being very aggressive. I I don't disagree with you guys that Austin Dillon was trying everything to do to get every single point. And obviously, in retrospect, he could have let this one slide because then he would have still been in the race. And he had a pretty strong car. I mean, he was running top top five, top ten. So he could have won the race and he just took himself out um, or got taken out, I should say. Um, But I I think that, you know, again, I thought that why is Brad also sidetracking after they cross the start finish line? That's the part that I just don't understand. Well, who said he was sidetracking? Why he because he he why else would you go down with because there are parts of a track where 
sometimes they go up and other ones where they come down and they were probably at that point of the track where they start off at the top and then they come down as to the bottom part of the track as they were winding and they both because they both went down so you know but then it just so happens that austin Dillon decides he's gonna you know go back a little bit up the track and then that's where you know because he commotion was on the apron happened. he was trying to get back on the track and then yeah but Brad there, kept there's going. parts of the track where throughout the race we saw that cars went down into the apron. totally get it but it was after the you know that that green checkered um the end of the stage but again that's just my opinion but the idea of Brad going down when they cross the start finish line, that argument can be used against Dylan. Because why in the world would Austin Dylan try to go up and get in front of Brad when the stage is over? He should have just stayed right there. I mean, I have to go back and, and, and look at the replay one more time. But my thought of why Austin was trying to get back up on the track was he was on the apron. And so it's like he's on the apron. They were side drafting. He goes down and now it's over, right? It's like stage is over. They're going into caution and he's trying to get back up and then he gets clipped. Clearly the guy felt terrible. So I don't think he did anything intentional. And these drivers do stuff like that all the time that sometimes they they don't give someone grace, which we'll talk about in a, in a little bit, that maybe they could have. And uh, I don't think that was the case with Brad. I don't think, this, clearly was a, I don't think this was so a moment of I don't giving think grace. It was, he was... He was not trying to do anything. So what I got to say is I'm going to blame everybody like Gio. Like <laughs> Brad came down. Dylan came up. And when you when you go. I said this, Dylan came up on Brad. Well, OK, but somewhat like that. But like they both went Um, one. Dylan went up. Brad went down. And so you're saying Dylan it was both was of their the fault. It yep. was both their faults. All and right. then one thing, I have a quote to say to Austin Dillon. I, I, I hope um, I'm pulling for you to get in the playoffs, but I do want some other drivers to get in. You want to see, you wanna see a, a crazy wild card win, don't you? Yeah, he's been in the playoffs already. We need It's time for a new guy. And then, so like basically, Rookie Bobby's quote, if you went first, you're last. And he wasn't first, so he was last. Well, we'll see. So whoever is first this weekend will definitely be in the playoffs. Uh, so let's talk about those last 10 laps because I actually thought it were pretty exciting. They say that Michigan is the fastest track on the circuit, which I actually don't quite understand because tracks like Dega and and uh, Daytona are, are super speedways and they're longer and, and faster. But in any event, the last 10 laps were pretty exciting. Uh, so what did you guys think of them? I thought they were very engaging, like watching them. I was invested and I felt like, oh, man, I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, boy, this is going to be crazy. I can't wait to see what happens. So I definitely enjoyed these last 10 laps. I got to say, it was like they've been saying it's kind of like getting a bit of practice getting ready for Daytona because it's kind of somewhat like a restrictor plate. They're getting ready for Daytona. I really liked it. It was a lot like Daytona, wild, crazy, and everybody wants to win. So I think there was like two restarts, weren't there? Because there was like a caution. But like both of those restarts towards the end were the drivers were being really aggressive. And in fact, um, one of the restarts that led to a caution, um, the drivers were really getting aggressive. They were up there. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, Tyler Reddick started going backwards. Like literally, he was driving backwards. And... He got in front of Joey and Logano started going backwards as well. 
And we were just watching this and saying, like, I was starting to think, like, when are they going to start driving forward? And then the next thing we know is that Joey is basically backed up and pinned between Tyler Reddick and um, Ed Martin Truex Jr. And Tyler Reddick ends up kind of moving up the track and Joey is right at the front of uh, Truex's car and Truex spun him out. Mind you, Joey was actually driving perfectly fine. He was driving and yeah, Reddick was kind of getting loose, but Joey was kind of just getting pushed back by him and was kind of fine. And then as soon as he gets to the bumper of Martin Truex Jr., what do you know? He miraculously spins out. And there goes Joey's day. And I just want to say something. I am going to quote. I was so upset when I saw that because I knew that as soon as Joey ended up in front of um, Truex's car, I knew that he was going to turn him. I just I just knew it. So it was no surprise when that happened. So uh, the one thing about it, though, is and this is why you, I think you also got a little fired up was because I was saying. He was wrecking before he got to bar. And if you do watch the replay, he was spinning. But you didn't agree with me and neither did. No, he wasn't spinning. I mean, he's being pushed backwards. If I'm pushing you backwards, you're going to have a little bit of stability issues until you, you know, get your grip. And that's what I was saying. He wasn't wasn't, completely stable. But he wasn't spinning. He wasn't spinning. He was. He didn't have. No, the car was a little bit. And in fact, I'm going to quote Dale Earnhardt Jr., And I have to give him kudos for this because I was actually thinking this and he said it. So thank you so much for saying this. But he said, Logano offered the eight. So the eight of Tyler Reddick. Remember, I said he was going backwards. He offered the eight a lot of grace and he was hoping that the 19 would do the same. (laughs) Of course, the 19 didn't do the same because that's just not who he is. Well, I mean, there's also some history, right? They don't really offer each other grace. But that is not who Martin Truix is. So anyways, so I can't argue with Dale. I was not very happy with that. I was not happy with the way that um, his day ended. I think it was really messed up. And uh, yeah, he was running top five, top 10 all day and probably would have had a shot to win. I mean, he he, of of the Penske stable, he's usually the top Penske car and you got a Penske car that won. So, I mean, yeah, I could see why you guys were disappointed. Again, I I didn't think that Truex Jr. Uh, necessarily spun him out. I think that the he turned him. 22 car was coming back. He turned him. And he probably eh, maybe waited a little longer than he would have for someone else to take his foot off the gas. Maybe if it was a different driver, he might have taken his foot off the gas. I, 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 I you know, I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, but I don't is not think a graceful he person. completely Thank spun you, him out. All right, so with one more race to go in the regular season, who surprises you most that they haven't won yet? So I'm going to go with someone that's not locked in the playoffs, cough, cough, Hamlin and Harvick. I'm going to go with, this may be a bit of a wild card, Matty D. He should have won at Talladega, but he pulled the Lightning McQueen of cars too when he went left. Instead of staying right. I even seen seen a meme where like it's like how's the audio of Cars 2 where like Lightning McQueen just goes left. That's what Matty D did at Talladega. He went left and that didn't end so well. Well, I will say this. Matty D has actually been on a very strong run, you know, uh, checking off top tens. Uh, it feels like race after race. 
Uh, part of it is he's driving for his career right now because I don't think he has a he doesn't have a deal next year, right? He may get demoted to Xfinity. Yeah, so he's he is driving really strong right now. So um, I don't know if I would have classified anybody else had any thoughts on who surprises you most that they haven't won yet. Denny Hamlin, this guy was the most dominant driver last year. He was one of the four drivers in Phoenix. He had the most wins in the season, and this he hasn't won. He hasn't won at all. And he's had chances to win, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. Denny Hamlin's my pick, too. But not only has he not won, but he's had, like, very close calls. And he's got he has really good he's finishes. He's been running really like, well. Like, he's locked in in points without a win because he has had such good uh, finishes. And I think even though Larson has been so dominant and he's won, how many times has Larson won this year? Like, six times? Five. Five times. So, Larson has won five times. And he is just barely ahead of Danny Hamlin in the points. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, they were actually like neck and neck. And Hamlin had been leading. And so the reason Larson's in front, because he's winning, Hamlin isn't. So that just goes to show you how consistent Danny Hamlin has been. So yeah, I would say that is a big uh, a big surprise that he is still not one. Uh, another one that we kind of talked about was Kevin Harvick. He hasn't won. And he was another one that was so dominant last year coming out of the pandemic. And he was one of the team, you know, his team was one of the teams that had gotten their act together quickly and just right out the gate and was, you know, clicking off win after win. So huge surprise. I mean, he finished 14th in this race, still locked in. Um, but but again, that's a that's a huge surprise. The other one that I'll throw out that's a bit of a surprise, believe it or not, is Tyler Reddick. And he's barely, you know, he's on the outside right now looking and trying, hoping that no one surprises, unless it's him in Daytona, so he can possibly get in the points. It's him and Austin Dillon really fighting for that last playoff spot. The reason I put out Tyler Reddick is if you just go by points, take away the bonuses that you get for winning and uh, and all of that. He's actually like 10th or 11th in points. He's actually been pretty consistent. And he, you know, he this is a second year driver. And usually, um, you know, the, the, this is the time when you might see one of those young and up and coming drivers uh, pull off a victory. So he's another one that's a little bit of a surprise. So we'll see. Maybe one of these three guys are going to get their first win this weekend in Daytona. So, uh, Johan, real quick, why don't you take us through our top five and then, uh, we'll jump over to, our race picks. The top five finishers for this race was in fifth, Danny Hamlin, fourth, Kurt Busch, third, Kurt, Kyle Larson, second, William Byron, and first, Ryan Blaney. And fun fact about this, this race was the closest Michigan finish ever. It was a really cool finish. Yeah, it was. It was actually a pretty cool finish. And, and again, Ryan Blaney, the move of the race, it didn't give him the victory because he still had to drive eight, ten laps to to. to take the lead and maintain it. But that choose rule came into play. He was like fourth or fifth place type car. And for some reason, all the other drivers ahead of him all went on the outside because it's a better, better line. And he was able to jump up to the front row and actually take his car to victory. So awesome win. Uh, in terms of our race picks, I'll just say that um, Sebastian and I, oh, actually Sebastian, myself and Johan were the only ones that actually got points. Seabass, you had picked Kyle Larson, who finished third. Uh, Johan, you'd picked Danny Hamlin, who finished fifth. And I'd picked Chase Elliott, who finished eighth. Uh, Mom, you had Kevin Harvick, who finished outside the top 10 and 14th. And Gio, 
your man, Joey Logano. He was riding top five all day. But got spun by Truix. I had hope for points. Finished 33rd. All right. You're always you're always supportive of the guys who take out Joey, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. You know I like you Joey. You can see that squinter mm-hmm. wonderland Whatever. in his face. Sebastian, where is NASCAR and where are we going this week? Tune in Saturday, August 28th for Daytona International Speedway's Coke Zero Sugar 400, the final race in the NASCAR regular season 2021. This is going to be one wild race as only one spot is left in the playoffs and so many drivers are really hungry for it. Who will get in? Well, you'll just have to wait and see. And the great thing about it, the Let's Go Racing family will be attending the race. So, yeah, looking forward to capturing some really cool content. Uh, We're actually going to do a video podcast next week. So we're going to hopefully use some of the footage that we capture at Daytona this weekend and actually put that together as part of our video podcast. Or we can have a separate vlog for the race, which I will uh, take like responsibility to record and edit it. All right, we'll see. That'll I'm be interesting. Now our listeners to, got it, so now you got to do it. Since we I'll have cold passes and we're going in early, I'm going to bring my phone and try to inter- talk to some drivers. And Johan, why is this track so exciting for us? Because it's exciting, it's fun, and it's our home track. This is a really big weekend, and it also comes on the heels of a big week for our family. Because we actually had our first television interview, believe it or not, because of our podcast and our love of NASCAR. So there is actually a a sports reporter at the local Orlando Telemundo Channel 31. Her name is Farah Barret. And she came to our home and actually interviewed the entire family. Mom and I actually did our parts in Spanish. The boys did their parts in English. I uh, did attempt to speak Spanish, You did attempt though. to speak Spanish. We'll see if you make it in the second segment. We actually just watched the first segment earlier this afternoon uh, where she just talked about our family history when it comes to NASCAR. So it was a really awesome opportunity. So want to thank Vada if you hear this. Thank you for coming to interview us and Telemundo here in, in Orlando, the Channel 31. And uh, looking forward to to seeing the second segment later tonight, actually. And uh, yeah, we'll see. So we're going to try to figure out a way to put that video uh, on our YouTube channel. So if you're interested in seeing that. But that is why we were teasing uh, that we were on TV. So it was actually a really, really cool experience. So hopefully we'll get some new listeners to our podcast. With that, I think it's time to do our race picks. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. It is Daytona Week. Super Speedway Racing. Karen, you're leading. So who do you have winning this weekend at Daytona? Guys, this is always a hard one for me because anybody can win a Daytona. Anybody. So... As hard as it is, I think I'm gonna go with a uh, I'm gonna go with a wild card here. As you mentioned earlier, to, or just a little bit ago, this driver has been doing pretty well, and he's right at the cusp of uh, getting in. But I think he's going to do it. If he doesn't get wrecked, I think he's going to win on Saturday night. I'm going with the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, Mr. Tyler. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna go very far from that stable. 
I'm going with the number three because the number three knows its way around that track. I think Austin Dillon is going to take his car to victory and punch his ticket to the playoffs. Sebastian, who do you have winning this weekend in Daytona? For me, I'm going with the driver whose owner locked himself into the playoffs the previous week. The number 23 of Bubba Wallace is my pick to get into the playoffs and do well at Daytona. Wow, if that happens, that'll be one of the biggest stories in all of NASCAR for him to get that win for that team. All right, Giovanni, who do you have winning this Saturday night at Daytona? New team this season? Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez, another Richard Childress Racing Engine package. Uh, Wow, I think we got a lot of faith in those vehicles this weekend. So, all right, that would be another huge story if that were to win. All right, Johan, we got some wild card picks here. So who do you have winning this weekend in Daytona? Let's go with the man that won the 2017 Daytona race. Not Kurt Busch. But the mullet man, Ricky Stenhouse himself. Ricky Stenhouse. Let's go another Daytona win. All right, there you have it. Those are our race picks for this Cook Zero Sugar 400. I love it. Those were great picks. No one picked like the big guns this week. I know. That's what I was hoping for a little theme because, yes, usually I feel like it's like guns going to be the big guns. And watch, one of them's going to knock it out of the park and win. Yeah, they're going to. It's going to be Larson. It'll be be Larson. It'll be uh, Kyle Bush or Kurt Bush or Joey Logano. Wait. Wait, no, that could actually happen. No. All right. It'll be be exciting either way. Uh, that, That track is. Again, one of our favorites to watch on TV. Obviously, one of our favorites to watch in person. So, so excited for this weekend. All right, Sebastian, for our last segment, take us through six degrees of NASCAR. You want to tease the audience who you're connecting or what it's connected to? Or you just want to jump right in? It's connected to the new Marvel animated series, What If? And now it's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where we try to connect someone in pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. All right, guys, I'm back with another episode in honor of the animated series, What If? I will be trying to connect actress Haley Atwell to NASCAR. Now, a little background on Haley. Haley Atwell is a British actress who is best known for playing the role of Peggy Carter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She also reprised the role of Peggy in What If, where she played the What If character Captain Carter, a universe where Peggy got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve. Now, in addition to the Marvel stuff, like the Agent Carter TV show, Haley Atwell has been in movies like Christopher Robin and the upcoming Mission Impossible 7. So today, you guys may be wondering how I will connect Haley to NASCAR. Well, the Captain America series, which she's best known for, stars Chris Evans. And back in around 2014, Chris Evans was the Grand Marshal for the Daytona 500. 
a nice little connection since we're going to Daytona this week. So that is is how you will connect Haley Atwell to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. And did you just say she's going to be in Mission Impossible 7? Yeah. And who else is in Mission Impossible 7? Tom Cruise. And who else has Tom Cruise played? Iron Man. Cole Trickle. In Days Days of of Thunder. It's all about Daytona. That's pretty cool. All right. That was a really cool Awesome. Thank you. I love uh, Peggy Carter. She's one of my favorites in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool show. If you haven't seen it, our family watches it pretty religiously every Wednesday. We make sure to watch the newest episode in the evening. And so if you get a chance to check it out on Disney Plus, it is well worth it. It expands the Marvel Universe. When you ask the question... Who does Tom Cruise also play? My dumb head is like, Iron Man. <laughs> I said well, Iron Man. He I, was supposed to be Iron Man. Go go through and listen. Awesome Six Degrees. Awesome What If. It's so interesting how it all kind of came back to Daytona. Yes, Johan. There is a fact about Tom Cruise and NASCAR that you guys didn't mention. He is friends with Rick Hendrick. Oh, is he? Yeah, he actually ran laps with, like, Rick, um, Rick Hendrick. Like, one was, like, the Car Tomorrow car, and one was, like, the 2006 car and that That's car. That's right. We learned about that. There was a documentary about the making of Days of Thunder. I think it was during the rain delay. Yeah, it was during one of the rain delays. You can see what happens when we watch NASCAR. We are committed during that time frame, rain or shine. So whatever you guys put out there, we're going to watch it. We did watch that, and I, I think it was, like, the Golden Hour. Uh, and it was a really, really interesting. And yeah, you learned about the friendship that Jeff Gordon had with Rick Hendrick and how big of a deal Cole it was. Cole Trickle. Cole right. Trickle, sorry. Well, no, but Jeff Gordon, the man, the real guy. I mean, Jeff Gordon. See, there I go again. Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise has the strong relationship with Hendrick. So yeah, it was very interesting. I actually think another cool fact that we learned about the making of that movie was that there are scenes in that movie that were actually filmed during real NASCAR races. They had put cars with cameras in the actual race. And so some of that race action is truly from an actual NASCAR race. So I thought that was kind of cool. And actually, a quick fact is that William Byron threw, threw, uh, had a throwback in 2019 for uh, one of Cole Trickle's paint schemes. I have to check that out. I don't remember that, but that's that is pretty cool. So, guys, this time next week when we do this, we would have been at Daytona. Well, I have watched one of the most exciting and interesting races of the year and uh, hopefully got some really, really cool content. So we're really excited about that as well. So I think that's going to be our show for this week. Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Consider subscribing, following all of our socials, doing all that jazz, and let's grow some family out. <laughs>